recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. Thanks for uh, listening to episode 27 of Under the Cowl. I'm David Gloyd, your host and co-owner of Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, a comic book store in West Bend, Wisconsin. Uh, this episode will be uh, myself and Meatball Tony, and we're sitting around the shop uh, munching on a little pizza and talking comics and a bunch of other things that are going on currently see we talk a little bit about uh jack kirby who would have just celebrated his uh 102nd birthday we talk about tony's recent uh adventures at wizard world down in chicago we talk about movies like joker and the future of the spider-man movies some things have been kind of up in the air ever since sony and marvel kind of went their separate ways or sony and disney however you want to say it uh, so we talk about a lot of that stuff. I bring in a special candy treat that we discuss a little bit, and um, and we are joined a little bit later into the episode by Katie, who is a longtime customer and collaborator, a member of our Crimson Cowl Comic Club, and frequent guest on our Comic Club podcast as well. So... Let's go ahead and just jump in and get it started. Actually, I should have uh, I should have let Damon know that we would be recording under the cowl. Maybe he'd have stuck around. He, uh... And that was Damon. That was okay. Damon, yes. Oh, you haven't. Uh, he's been in here, but you haven't yeah, met. Not on a name not. basis, but I started to have a suspicion when he... Throughout a Silver Surfer Swamp Thing mashup. And I was like, well, either I'm always talking about that, which is 90% chance that that is, or he listens, or it's Damon. Yeah, well, he was going to start listening or asked about it, so I don't know if he's actually listened to either podcast or not, but he has now been on one of the podcasts. Well, actually, he's been on two, because he and his wife... Oh, At least sure. once we're in here while we were recording this one. But uh, it was on the club podcast from this past Saturday, which you weren't at. And but I listened to, but mm. voice-wise, you know, it'd be one thing if, like, I heard Tom Hanks on the podcast, and I'd be like, you know, that sounds like Tom Hanks. Right. And if I talked to him, you know, Tom Hanks, you know, a couple days later, be like, didn't I hear you on the podcast, but... And some people don't sound like what they look like, but... Well, as this is recording, uh, we should note, since this is inside a comic shop, that uh, it would have been Jack Kirby's 102nd birthday today. Something I'm going to bring up in the 
in the club podcast as well this Saturday, but uh, I figured, you know, it's the day of, so you might as well get that mention out there. We would have had a, a 102 years of Jack Kirby's artwork in comics. Yep, because he started drawing uh, immediately out of the womb. At, at birth. Yep, yep. And that, you know, he, he came out with a pencil in hand, and people were just like, he was a natural-born no. drawer. But see, we were just discussing Marvel Comics 1000 and how it's not actually the 1000th issue of Marvel Comics. That's because Jack Kirby's only been around for 102 years. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that makes sense. This past weekend, I was at uh, Wizard World. And uh, speaking of comics... You know, sometimes they celebrate comics at uh, Wizard World. Do you? Is that a thing? It's not like... I thought it was like a Harry Potter festival. <laughs> See, back, back in 2004, I may have thought that, because I did think that, when I saw Joss Whedon being a, a, a guest of honor at Wizard World Chicago. And I had been out of comics for about 10 years at that time, and I remember hearing that and Harry Potter's you know, starting to get pretty big, and uh, I'm like, why is Joss at a Harry Potter convention and Wizards, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to go either way, and then I later found out, oh, it's that Wizard magazine. I remember that. from Because of the magic stuff that they had in Buffy. That's right, yeah. They figured, you know, it, it, it works, it works, checks out. But yeah, I went to, I think it was my 16th or 17th straight year going to that specific convention. I've been to many others. C2E2, the other Wizard Worlds in different states, and uh, Ace Comic Cons, and Heroes and Villains Con, and uh, Fangoria Convention, Horror Convention, so been to quite a few. But what was cool about this one is that uh, on the comic side of things, someone who hadn't been at any of my convention appearances was Christopher Priest, who is a writer that is known for redefining Black Panther. Basically, if you like the Black Panther movie, a lot of that was inspired from his version in the late 90s that he had uh, kind of retooled and kind of made darker. And uh, I went up to his uh, table and he had just showed up and he was just setting up. Nobody else was really in line. And I'm always super early for everything. And those people, you know, the artists don't really have a specific, like, well, I'm here from here to here, you know, it's especially in the beginning, unless they have to run to like a panel later mm -hmm. today or, you know, later that day or something. But initially, if it opens at 10, you know, a lot of times you'd be like, all right, they might show up around 11 or something, you know, they're just getting situated. But he he was there at a decent time and I uh, caught him at the perfect time. And uh, as he was setting up, he goes, well, hello there. He's like, step into my office. And at the Artist Alley, he was in row A being a big-name guest. Uh, so he had kind of a bigger area up front. And uh, there was a random chair that was in front of his booth. He had his chair and the chairs, other chairs behind him. But then there was one chair that I think was just a random chair that just got pushed off to the side. And he goes, here, step into my office. And since nobody else was there, it was me and Christopher Priest talking for about 15 minutes and it was just me and him across the table 
I brought him uh, Detective Comics 1000, which he had a short story in. Uh, he told a very interesting story about that short story. And I said, oh, it was pretty cool to see that you had a, a story in the Detective 1000. You know, there's only so, you know, there's so many creators, but so very little space right. to be included amongst them. And I'm not familiar enough with his work to know if he's done a role a run on Batman or if they've, you know, if they do, if, if all those creators had once worked on Batman, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, mm. You know, Kevin Smith was in there because you know he. Had, I'm not. I'm not sure, but you'd think that it. It would at least would have been now, especially with the amount of talent you could have on there. But I, I was, you know, since I'm not familiar with any Batman or DC work, if he's done any, I'm like, oh, that was pretty cool, and he's just like, yeah, it was okay, and. He had talked about his artist as uh, Neil Adams on the uh, on the short story, and he he kind of goes and I you know I didn't sign an NDA or anything, so I can probably <laughs> go ahead and say this. Uh, um, but he was just saying he's like yeah he's like Neil kind of turned my detective story into like an action story because you know it's a Batman story it's Detective right. Comics one thousand, so he had written a detective story and then once. You know, he submitted it to Neil, and Neil was going to draw it for him, and and uh, you know, Neil inserted some action scenes to draw some big punch him up scenes and everything like that, and it kind of took Priest, you know, by surprise, and yeah. uh, he kind of went on for that for a while, you know, and just kind of talked about that. Yeah, I tried doing a detective story for a detective comic, but uh, which is a, sh- a shame. Um, Batman in movies. One thing that we've discussed here uh, here in the shop on a number of occasions is the lack of the detective stories in the movies. Yeah. You have the world's greatest detective, and there's like next to nothing done with that in, in the movies. And I'd really love to see a good detective. Sherlock Holmes wearing a cape and cowl. And I think, like, looking, thinking back at those movies, I think the most investigating detective work he's done was in uh, one of the Tim Burton movies when Alfred served him some clam chowder soup and Bruce takes a sip of it with a spoon. He goes, oh, it's cold. And he's like, it's supposed to be cold. So, you know, he he investigated, you know, (laughs) that it was a cold soup expecting it to be a hot soup or a warm soup. And he, he investigated by reacting to the temperature of the soup, which led him to the answer, finding that answer. And yeah, that, might that, have, that totally made it a detective. I think that was the, 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 the most they've dipped into the detective side of the character. And that's just off the top of my head. So. Um, no, really. You had like uh, the 89... Tim Burton one. You have him doing a little bit of work, sitting in front of the bat computer. Yeah. Just figuring out what chemicals are on in these different products. And I think that was things like that. That's been like the extent of the detective work in live action. The, the live action stuff. So I would love to see a Batman movie where, yeah, you want some action, but Give us some, some, some crime like solving. 
some some actual detective, or at least just put a Rubik's cube on his desk or something, you know, that to to allude to the fact that he tried solving something at some point in the story. But no, so not even necessarily a completed. No, no, like he's still in the de- he's still detecting it. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Smith has talked about that same thing of how he wants a a detective story, and they've talked about it so many times on his podcast and everything that. Batman movies shouldn't be as expensive as they are, talking about the 100 and 150s, that those movies, Batman movies don't need to be that because, you know, it's a detective story and you really have him, you know, you can make a Batman movie for like $40 million or something and you're... Well, crime labs are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll it'll be interesting because we are getting a new version called The Batman which uh, a younger actor, uh, Robert Pattinson, I was almost about to say that we have yet to find out, but then it hit me like, wait, we already got that news. It feels like with all of the news we've gotten in the last couple weeks with Hmm. Marvel and Disney Plus and just every San Diego stuff. Kristen Stewart is Batgirl. Kristen Stewart, yeah, yeah. And uh, Jacob is, um, is there a wolf kind of character over in... uh, Ace the Bat Hound. Okay, yep, he's he's playing Ace the Bat. Hound. Uh, yeah, but anyways, the uh, he had always talked about exactly what you said there that you know we haven't seen Detective Story and that movie that version of Batman's cheap and you can make a cheap Batman movie and rake in just the same amount of money you're going to do no matter how much you spend on the movie because everyone's going to go see the Batman movie. But so. There's maybe hope. the Batmobile could even go back to being a car. Yeah, just a, maybe a sedan. <laughs> or is Batman more... A coupe would be fine. Okay. And that's not a sedan? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so there's hope that, you know, maybe they'll uh, they'll do that in the next next round here. But, but I think there was already rumors about how, like a lot of villains in that movie that just... <laughs> So that doesn't give it good. Because he's got a lot of people to um, uh, to question. Yes. Yes. The question could be one of them. I don't know, legally, I don't know. Can yeah, he well, be in there? Would he be able to... Maybe we'll just go somebody who wears like a question mark. Yeah, yeah. The Joker, yeah. right? See where... He wears question marks all over, right? Uh, no, but I do question why there's a Joker movie. <laughs> which they just released a new trailer on today, which I did watch. I haven't seen yet. I was I was going to do that. That's on my to-do list. Did but... you watch the first one trailer? Yes. Now, the way I look at it, like, do we, quote-unquote, need this movie? I mean, <laughs> essentially, no, in the sense of, like, Joker should be in a Batman movie, blah, blah, blah. But looking at the movie and just forgetting that it's a DC Comics Joker movie... Like, to me, it looks like an entertaining movie, Joaquin Phoenix, with his, the stuff that we've seen in the trailer. When you when you forget about or just eliminate the idea that it's just a, a comic book Joker DC And, and that's my problem is, along with probably most people, it's difficult. Well, I'll say most people who are typical Batman fans that read comics and... You know, things like that. Uh, it is difficult to separate the Joker from Batman. 
But maybe the whole point of it is to kind of prove wrong the theory that you can't have one without the other. Yeah, uh, Robert De Niro's in there. I'm trying to think of some of the other names of any other big names, but yeah, because it's weird. Like you know, the director who I'm not familiar with off the top of my head, but uh, maybe Robert Pat- Patterson will be in it, and maybe uh, maybe they're kind of reversing things, and there we go. It will be the Joker that creates Batman. Batman. There you go. But yeah, it comes out uh, in October. It won't the, be too the long. The Joker's running around, knocks this rich kid into a vat of <laughs> glitter. <laughs> Sparkles away. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see it because that's what I do. I usually see one, if not two movies a week. And most likely that will be one of possibly two movies I would naturally need to see anyways. But... Uh, just so happens to be a movie about the Joker. Looks very much in the tone of a Heath Ledger. Like it almost feels like, like it almost feels too similar in the sense of not saying that it's not going to be good because of that, but it, I was surprised that it was very like Heath Ledger esque in that sense. Just kind of the tone. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that, yet quite different at the same time. Because um, it seems like we are going to see him out of the makeup for a great portion of the movie. I'm not sure what the balance will be and what kind of, if it'll be like an, a Deadpool origin story, which I really loved, the idea that you just dip back and forth rather than spending 45 minutes with just Ryan Reynolds and then the remaining 45 minutes as Deadpool. I like the idea of going back and forth between the story for uh, kind of doing a different take on origin. So, but this one does kind of feel like it'll be your, your typical origin of chronological events. I like how you talk about Deadpool as though Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool's is, alter ego. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of Wade Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Um, because yeah, if if you all up if if they if you recut the first Deadpool movie in chronological order, that first half hour to forty minutes will feel like a you know a rom com between Miranda Baccarin and Ryan Reynolds. Okay. And then it'll suddenly be like, oh, did somebody change the channels? <laughs> yeah, because the rom com goes horribly wrong, or right, but. Yeah, it's a. Now I can't say like I'm a huge Batman or Joker fan. Like I'm curious for the people. Let's say the biggest Joker comics fan ever. Like I'm curious to see if they're excited about you know because you'd think, hey, I get a Joker movie about my favorite character, but would they be too into the character? To then be like, well, why are we getting this? Because where's Batman, you know? Or maybe they'll, finally, <laughs> we got rid of Batman and we can just have a Joker movie. Yeah, we got teased twice with these other Jokers and then, you know, in, in the Batman v Superman, I think we see the see the evidence of the Joker had existed in that Ben Affleck universe, I think, because he had painted over the... Right. However that was, but, you know, so we had like three 
sort of beautiful. Oh, I'm not even counting. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, a German yeah, Leto because you forgot that he actually was. Yeah. Uh, probably a lot of people forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and right now he's filming uh, uh, Morbius, the Living Vampire. If you didn't know that, Jared Leto is uh, going on with the Sony spinoff Spider Verse. Right. Live so, action films. Uh, so it's gonna be Morbius with some shiny silver yeah. teeth and some, grills. some tattoos and. Yeah, we haven't seen a, a single shot of anything, and I, I would assume it just comes out next year, but. It's been very under the radar as far as like production and I know when Venom was shooting, you know, I remember seeing a lot of stuff with like oh Tom Hardy on set and things like that, but I don't think I've seen a single bit of Morbius. Uh, but we'll probably get a trailer tomorrow. It'll just yeah. happen. Oh yeah, it, by the it, way, you know, at this point, uh, I think all we're gonna get is like S- Spider-Man like villains and side characters. In their own movies rather than a Spider-Man movie. Is that a segue into talking about Spider-Man? Uh, it could be. Because we, we haven't talked about no, it yet. No, uh, we haven't. It, been it hasn't been times. discussed in, in any podcast that we've done. I've, is the, the, the Tom Holland um, version of Spider-Man who is now potentially out of work. He's homeless. First he yeah. was... Had a homecoming, and then he was far from home, and now it's Spider-Man homeless. That, which I'm sure is a joke that's probably been retweeted like a million that, times. That might be it. But Spider-Man homeless. And I'm not sure how much you've been following. I followed. I know a lot of it, so I guess just the gist of it for anybody listening that just saw headlines or didn't know. Because I had a lot of people that I had about ten text messages and a couple of people at work that came up to me the next day, They're like, "Hey, what's going on with Spider-Man?" And I kind of felt good. A, I kind of hated it because I'm like, okay, I told the story nine other times. But it did feel kind of good that, you know, it's something you can very easily Google and get the article and just read it. But I like the idea that the people wanted, you know, to hear from me and be like, okay, you you probably know the inside scoop, right? And now a word from the expert. (laughs) So the, the gist of it was that when Sony and Disney made the deal to share Spider-Man, you know, rebooting it and getting rid of the Andrew Garfield universe and casting Tom Holland, introducing him in Civil War, bringing him into Homecoming the year after, bringing him into Infinity War, and then Endgame, and then Far From Home, uh, supposing the character, you know, lives in all those other movies, you know, supposedly. We're still avoiding spoilers, right, for Endgame? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh... (laughs) I don't think Thanos demands our silence anymore. But anyways, Tom Holland had five appearances as Spider-Man, and their latest one, Far From Home, part of that deal that nobody really knew about until, like, very recently, uh, even before this news, was that Sony had said that Far From Home had to reach a billion dollars at the box office, otherwise the deal was over. Now, did you hear about that at all? I had heard that. I didn't know if there was any truth to that. And most people, when it was floating around, were saying, oh, but it's going to do that anyways. Yeah. And it did that. And I had heard it from multiple sources as well. So it felt like it was possibly true. But just like you said there that, you know, well, it's going to do it anyways. Because people ask me about that. Like, oh, man, is that going to make a billion? I'm like, yes. I'm like, I didn't even look at the numbers, but I'm like, it's it's going to. 
and it did, and that's the first Spider-Man movie out of the seven total, not counting Into the Spider-Verse, out of the seven live-action Spider-Men that we've had, um, that uh, first one to hit a billion, obviously it helps with A, the very likable performance of Tom Holland, but the introduction with the Avengers and the post-Endgame fiasco, you know, definitely built up and all those cards are in the right place to earn a billion dollars. I think it was like Sony's first billion dollar hit in a long time. Like maybe there was a Bond movie that got it, but like it didn't sound like Sony is used to the billion dollar club as much as Disney has like five of them this year. And that's what happened. They couldn't handle it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so everything all seemed fine and dandy. You know, I think Tom was scheduled, contracted for another two at least. They've been making these every two years of the solo Spider-Man movies. So it felt like, you know, they're really taking advantage of him being the younger actor and really pump these movies out and keep them going. And then a very surprising snag happened that I don't think anybody really saw coming because it just jumped out as a headline saying uh, Spider-Man is now removed from the MCU Meaning that after this billion dollar hit, Disney and Sony went back to the table to renegotiate um, after their big success. Now, my news is based off of what Kevin Smith and his co-host Mark Bernard do on their Fat Man Beyond podcast. And both of them are in the industry and this and that, and they know a lot of these people. So I take a lot of their information that I didn't read in other articles to kind of be somewhat true that... It was first reported that Disney requested 50% of the... I of the, heard that. And prior to this, apparently they were only getting 5%, but they had the toy merchandise deal. Right, they had, they had like, all the merchandising. Which is a huge portion of it. Right. It's a George Lucas move. Yeah. And they get what they get from the Avengers movies, but even though they are... Producing, co-producing the Sony movies and Kevin Feige's on set as much as he is for all the other movies. It's not like, okay, we're going to just check in with you guys. They really did a lot of the creative work when it comes to orchestrating right. this piece of the MCU. Um, although Sony did, uh, I understand, like 100% finance. Yes. And that's the, an, the movies. And that's an important uh, fact for... Uh, for the next bit. And so Disney was only going to get 5% of the Sony Spidey movies, but getting all the toy rights, which was huge. And they had 0% money down into the roughly 200 to $300 million, you know, however much these, those movies usually run. Well, you know, if Sony would like to make a deal with me. Yes. Okay. Here we I, go. you know, I won't even bother with the, the merchandise. I will just take 5% of a billion dollars. You'll just... And what will you do... How much is that, actually? I'm not, I'm not even doing math right now. I'm just like, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be... Can a, calculators could, go up that far? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I took algebra twice. I'm not going to attempt that. Uh, but yeah, if they want to just give me 5% yeah. of a billion dollars... But then what are you going to contribute? Are you... Doing anything, or you're just I will for money? 
Um, I will act as a consultant. Okay. Um, I will watch the movie. You've read some Spider-Man comics. I have. So you you have some some inside knowledge. <laughs> are you doing the math on it, or are you texting? Um, I actually was looking at a uh, a message uh, from Tom Holland just to make sure it wasn't anything uh, important. Any breaking news? Because uh, while they're having this break right now, he's he's going to school. Um, <laughs> at uh, Midtown. At uh, Fox Valley Technical College <laughs> in Appleton. Well, Disney bought Fox. Where he's so. going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm actually referring to the other Tom Holland, whose name is David. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't realize he'd responded to something from before, and he he said something was he said something was important. Um, but then what he was saying was important was that he just discovered while reading Marvels again yeah. that uh, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen earned the background of a panel. Is that right? <laughs> it was like important news that he had to get. <laughs> I got to tell my this dad just right did. now. <laughs> the comic from, you know, 10 he, years he, ago. He just discovered that. <laughs> um, That's a cool cool Easter egg to find in the back. So. So. Didn't see it before. Saw it this time. I was like, wow. Mind blown. <laughs> So, <clears throat> so I'm glad you brought up that financing that Disney was paying 0% of the actual so, uh, Sony solo Spidey movies. But part of, through the Kevin Smith news, part of the new deal, that 50% that was reported, apparently it was 30%. I assume the toy stuff was staying because I didn't hear any renegotiation on that. But I heard through them that Disney offered to finance 50-50 on the solo Spider-Man movies. That I had also heard. Okay. So so at first when you hear Disney wants 50% uh, from 5%, it seems like a giant leap, even though they are doing a lot of the creative work, but like you said, they're not paying for the movie. Um, but at the end of the day, both studios are just winning big time. And now, based on what I heard, you know, a lot of people um, hear that because a lot of people were bashing Sony over this. Yeah. Not realizing that a big part of this was actually Disney wanting more. Yeah. Um, so I get that too. And then at the same time, I think, well, really what they're after here and I don't know about the merchandising I think it would have been fair to say hey let let's let's just make this a, an even partnership yeah split it all down the split middle it all. you go in 50% we go in 50% to finance it and then we get 50 you know 50/50 yeah. on everything everything you know and I think that would've been fair now I can understand being upset if I were Sony, that they, yeah, they're they're offering to put money in now, but they want fifty percent and keeping the merchandise. Yeah. So they're making out more than we are on this uh, property that we have the rights to. But if the and I suppose like as it was reported about that thirty percent of the overall sales instead of five percent for the movie stuff. But if they're gonna co-finance half and half. 
and get the toys in 30%. I don't know if that just automatically kind of evens out that they would end up getting. Yeah. I mean, because I don't, a, I don't, I don't know what the merchandising yeah. is. I know there's a lot of merchandise out there. I don't know how much they're actually selling of it. I, I see a lot of it, you know, taking oh, up yeah. space on shelves, you know, af- after a while too. So, um, yeah, I, I really have no idea what those numbers look like. Um, but I don't. It to to me, it kind of sounds like. This was a deal that they could have just kept negotiating. Um, yeah. I don't know how much time they spent at the table. It might have taken a long time for them to even come to that. Um, but when I hear about how close that all sounds, unless Sony was like, just like, no, no, we do not, we don't want your involvement. We don't want yeah. your 50%, you know, keep your Marvel money, you know, I, I don't know. That leads me into the next portion of it is that. After hearing all this and going through the, you know, seven stages of grief, I think, right? That's the seven stages. After going through all that, it started to hit me being like, I wonder if Sony kind of had this up their sleeve for a while. So when they started the partnership and they were doing the Venom movie, the Sony people kept saying, oh, yeah, it's part of the MCU and blah, blah, blah. And Tom Holland's going to be in there. But Kevin Feige of Marvel Studios was very much... No, it's not. Literally right next to the person to say, like, shaking his head, being like, oh, no, it's not, because he has nothing to do with it. He has no story involvement. He has nothing to do with that Venom movie. Now, Venom went off to make a crap ton of money, way more than I think anyone, even Sony, could have ever imagined. No, because in my opinion, it was like the Joker. It's like you're doing Venom without Spider-Man. Yeah. It doesn't, that, that doesn't make any sense. But Even, they did it, and they made it work. Um, yeah. Somehow, I don't know how, because I haven't watched yeah, the movie. Yeah, to see it. And from what I heard, a lot of Venom fans really did love it. Now, there are some of the current Venom creators in the comics that have come on record and said that, you know, they didn't really care for the movie all that much, but uh, um, but they are part of, like, a consulting team, I think, for the sequel, and, you know, they're excited to, like, maybe have some input when it comes to that but at the end of the day the movie made made a lot of money but then it continued to make money which rather than hey everyone wanted to see it sure all those people could have hated it but everyone went to go see it but the fact that it kept making money is people going back people loving it word of mouth and people being like hey yeah you should go see that movie so at the end of the day regardless of any personal thoughts the movie did very well and interestingly enough um, from the perspective of a comic book store owner um, now Kurt and I were really surprised in the early days um, when we started off and we're realizing that certain movies aren't really at least locally um, Weren't, they weren't really reflecting that in the comic book sales. I mean, things that were hitting it big in the theaters weren't necessarily flying off the shelves. Was it Deadpool an example? Or Deadpool a... was. The people that were buying mm-hmm. Deadpool, not that we just weren't selling any Deadpool at all, but the, the popularity of the comic in no way compared to the popularity of the movies. Yeah. Um, I think most of the people that were buying, there weren't many really buying the Deadpool comics. 
And most of them that were didn't seem like they were in there because of the movies. Yeah. Uh, we had several other movies. A lot of them would be Marvel because they've been pumping out so many of the MCU movies. Um, where it wasn't really having an impact on our sales when a movie would come out. Um, we get a few, like uh, Jacob with Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. um, and stuff like that. But, but again, that's, you know, that's one person. There's maybe a couple more. What's interesting is I had noticed, and as we've grown bigger, you know, uh, as the store's gotten bigger and we have more customers, we're, we're seeing it a little bit more. But I did notice more and more people coming in after Venom. And, hey, I watched the Venom movie. I've never been into comics before. And now all of a sudden they're in here and they're buying comics and they're setting up pull lists and everything else because they went and they saw Venom. And to keep it in the Sony family, Into the Spider-Verse brought in some Miles and Gwen fans. Yep, that was, it was, that was actually another one that really did bring people in. Um, but it's funny to think of Venom being one of those movies where you're like, how can they make Venom as a movie and they're yeah. not having Spider-Man and, and everything else? And then to it actually that. has that effect where people are coming in. And it's not like these people are coming in buying Venom and going, this is nothing like the movie. Yeah. They're coming in and they're buying that and then they're like, hey, comics, they're actually pretty cool. I'm going to buy more. Like we've had two giant Infinity Stone related Avengers movies, but orders to buy Infinity Comics and old collections probably weren't no. that crazy. No, most of those sales came up actually came up uh, related to the, the comic club. Yeah. Um, people jumped on that and we were talking about it for the club and stuff like that and that really um, was a lot of it not that we didn't have anybody coming in and saying hey you know uh, I, I want to get pick up uh, Infinity War and for anybody that does I was at a convention this past weekend and I saw it in person for the first time and I'm pretty sure it should be available to order but that complete collection We've talked about it with Rodney that he's getting the Crisis mm-hmm. hardcover box set. Well, they have a very similar thing for all the Infinity Gauntlet. Now, I have all those comics individually, but if I didn't go out and seek those... Which Rodney's also buying, right? Yes, Rodney? so sign them up right now. But, you know, it's, it's an expensive thing, but when you add it up and divide it out, you know, you end up, it's, I would assume, cheaper to collect them all, like... Especially getting hardcover ones, you're getting a big case. Like, and I saw it in, in person for the first time. I took pictures of it actually, uh, which is and why you, you could probably buy it no problem if you had five percent of a billion dollars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe even one percent. Um, and it was it was cool to see in person. It was easy for me to pass up just because, like I said, I own. All of the trade paperbacks that I had done, you know, years prior, uh, I had already done all that, so I didn't need to uh, to get them. But here, here we go for David, who is here. All right. So everybody, uh, <laughs> gather around, lean, lean in closer to the screen, and take a look at this. So a giant Infinity Gauntlet box box set. Let's guess twenty hardcovers, maybe. Uh, maybe maybe I overshot it. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve. So, almost twenty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
There was a lot, you know. Go, I remember going down the the Infinity Crisis one, or Crisis on Infinity Earth. Maybe that was, maybe that was uh, the one that had a lot of them. But anyways, all awesomely designed. You got George Perez and Ron Lim art uh, decorating the the whole thing, um, and they're all just in order. It all spells out Infinity with the uh, binding. Uh, it's just it's a real gorgeous package. Um, right, you know, all together. So if anyone does, you know, likes those Avengers movies and they're like, hey, where do I start? Like, well, that thing is available to order. You know, it is expensive, but uh, ask for pricing um, and for availability because I think it came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. But it's, uh, you get it all there in one one collection. Right. Nearly 20... <laughs> Books for aka 12 books. <laughs> um, we gotta start selling things like that more often. See, now let me yeah. tell you why yeah. I a 22 page comic for nearly 100 pages. For... Now, the reason why it probably went that way so leading up to Infinity War, I decided to do a massive read slash reread because I had read a good portion of the of the Infinity related stuff. But I read story arcs and trade paperbacks, and I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 that I have in a giant stack, 23 collections. And some of those are in the individual issues, but I, I count them as one for a story arc. Uh... That is 5,076 pages of Infinity-related Thanos, Avengers, Infinity Stone, gem rather, in the comics, uh, stories. So maybe that's where I automatically shot to saying, oh, it's got to be like 20 volumes. Well, my version, which is the director's cut, uh, the extended edition, um, ask me about that. But going all the way back to you know Venom being successful and me thinking that Sony almost had this plan the whole way is thinking, well, hey, we just had a huge hit called Into the Spider-Verse. Had zero Disney, Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, zero percent involvement with them making that movie. You know, they've proved that they can make a Spider-Man movie through animation uh, without the creative team that they've cut ties with. Now they had this success with Venom. They're filming Venom 2. They have the Morbius spin-off movie. There had been the rumored uh, Black Cat movie. I think Silk has been uh, rumored out there as well. Uh, several things being rumored. Sony has many, many Spider-Man-related characters they could play with. Now I'm thinking, hey, we just got the success. We got the boot. Everyone loves or the boost. Everyone uh, loves Tom Holland. We're you know left them on an interesting note in uh, Far From Home. And uh, we don't need Disney anymore. Now we can have Tom Hardy Venom crossover with Tom Holland Spider-Man, which is something I 100% guarantee is going to happen. We're going to see them crossover. Now, um, because you haven't been here, Kurt and I were talking about that, and Kurt has been under the impression, I haven't looked into it, so I, I don't know, that uh, Tom Holland was actually contracted with Disney, not Sony. He has officially confirmed that he is making Spider-Man movies, 
So we are getting him in future Spider-Man movies. Um, he was just at the Keystone Comic-Con. I'm not sure if he was at the D23 because he's in an animated Pixar movie with uh, Chris Pratt. So, but and some celebrities do double weekends on, like Jeff Goldblum being one of them. He was at D23 on Friday. Just 12 hours later, he's getting a photo op with me in Chicago. Um, maybe more on that later. But going back to that contract thing, Tom Holland has confirmed that he's still Spider-Man and he's excited for what's next. And he did end the statement saying, I love you 3000, uh, saying that to the fans and thanking them for all the, the and then Disney sued Tom Holland because he's like, Hey, that's, (laughs) you can't say that legally. No, you can't say that now without saying, I won't say a single spoiler. Hold on. Yeah, I won't say any spoilers for Endgame or Far From Home, but after seeing Far From Home and this deal as of right now that we're not going to get any crossover, any mention, any anything, it's good that they had that Far From Home movie play out the way it did because if they weren't able to talk about the big gigantic universe shaking events, blah, 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 it would have been very restricting and very weird and it would have been a very unconnected sequel. So it's at this point moving forward, thankfully everything that happened in Far From Home happened because now essentially we can go on without, you know, because legally they can't mention anything else now. So it's good that they had that and got it out of their system. So my confidence for uh, Spider-Man 3, which I remember seeing the popular thing saying, well, Sony managed to F up a, a third Spider-Man 3, not only with the <laughs> Tobey Maguire one and then canceling it for the third one. for, right. Which is funny people. because I've seen this meme several times uh, with <laughs> Tobey Maguire uh, looking pleased, and, <laughs> and it says something to the effect of, like, when you realize that you're the only one that got like a full trilogy, whatever. <laughs> but then you think you realize that Tom Holland's actually been Spider-Man in oh, yeah. five movies. So yeah. while it hasn't been a proper, he hasn't had a proper trilogy. Yeah, he does have the most movies under his belt. He's got Spider-Man. the most screen time. Yeah. Well, maybe not even screen yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. You'd have to actually look at how much he's in. Yeah. But he's in a. Pretty pretty decent. Good amount. chunk of Infinity War, but you know. I, I'm I'm sure he's got enough <laughs> uh, screen time in there to at least you know cover a third movie. Yeah, yeah. So you know it has been stated that you know Kevin Feige making a statement saying that you know we're moving on from Spider-Man. A lot of quotes saying we we've always known that it wasn't going to last. Is a quote that I think both Tom and Kevin Feige had said that they. We're under the impression that, you know, it wasn't a a lifelong deal, blah, blah, blah. Now, my confidence in a third Spider-Man is high with the fact that Tom Holland knows the character. He will be going into his sixth time playing him. Yes, he's not writing the movie. He's not directing it. He's not overall producer, blah, blah, blah. Do you know that? Maybe he is. Maybe he is now. Maybe they're like, you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and write this? Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe that's what will happen now. Nobody knows Spider-Man better than Tom Holland. Yes. Might as well give him the pen. <laughs> so, listen, we're all going to see a Spider-Man movie 
no matter who's in it. Like, well, not those who have boycotted Sony. Yeah, yeah, those people are done. I have confidence in the fact that because of Far From Home, without saying what happened, they can continue on their story and uh, without the MCU's nods and crossovers and mentions. It's just going to be weird. There's going to be things not talked about, and you're going to be like... Yeah, not talked about. Yeah, like what happened? They just ignore that. I could see something where in the MCU where somebody... uh, you know, it just says, like, hey, where's that kid? Like, hey, where's that queen? Like, hey, where's Queens? Like, saying as much as they can legally. Yeah. Because they could say that, but uh, probably can't go any further than that. So while I was well, a little... <laughs> and I, I don't know if this gives anything away, you know, but I, I've seen people put out... Uh, I've seen it go on to the... As far as somebody made, like, a mock-up movie poster... For Night Monkey, yep. <laughs> and uh, I think it's safe to okay. To we, joke we can about discuss that, Night yeah. Monkey. So it, while it is a reference to Far From Home, um, they're like saying that Marvel, you know, Disney would just do that, <laughs> and it's like, but that is from a Sony-made Spider-Man movie, and so I, yeah. I would think that if anybody had rights to that, yeah. it would actually be Sony because they, they made the movie where... That, that is was... true. And they financed that movie 100%. Right. Now, I'd seen another meme about uh, breaking news that uh, Marvel Studios has hired a, uh, a young actor named Ham Talon, and he's going to be playing and starring in a new movie called Spider Guy or something from Marvel Studios. <laughs> and then it shows Tom Holland with, like, a goatee and a mustache and everything, so... Um, doing whatever they can. He's in disguise. Doing whatever a spider can. To <laughs> He's get wearing him. sunglasses and a shield hat. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a CGI mustache. They took Henry Cavill's mustache that they removed from Justice League. And I was wondering where that went. That was part of the, the deal that Sony and Disney <laughs> made. But anyways, yes, it's a bummer. But one thing that helped me get over the those stages of grief was that very shortly after when D23 happened and Kevin Feige announced the fact that we're getting a Moon Knight Disney Plus series, we're getting a She-Hulk Disney Plus series, which really grabs my attention, but I saved my personal best for last, but Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is getting her own Disney Plus series, which they have confirmed she will start there in the series and she will spin off into the movies. And when you look at the logo... Of the Ms. Marvel uh, logo that they've released. What's cool about it, now everybody lean in once again. Very comic-centric and the design and the, the, the font and all that. But the the dot, the period that's after Ms. Ms. Marvel is Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel's Hala Star that you see right. branded on her costume. And they've already confirmed, you know, MCU actors have their own Disney Plus shows. So there's going to be more crossover, less restricted, obviously, than Netflix, Defenders, Avengers, beyond just mentions. Mm, right. A casual, you know, Lady Sif on S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury the showing up. The green guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so there's a very good chance. I'm going to confirm it here that Brie Larson will be showing up as Captain Marvel in one of those episodes. 
Kamala Khan's character, for anyone unfamiliar, taking up the old mantle of Carol Danvers in the comics, Ms. Marvel, which they skipped over in the movies, and understandably so if they just didn't want to like do three movies just to get to the Captain Marvel, the current iteration. They're just like, you know what, we're just going to skip 40 years of several different names that Carol has. She's kind of like Kitty Pride, where she just has so many different, you know, superhero names. Yeah, I mean, they do, they do put a number of things in there, you know, that, that deal with the history yeah. of Captain Marvel oh, and yeah. Carol Danvers' time in there, and other people who have gone by the name Captain Marvel. Yeah, uh, a lot of that are... Oh, yeah. It's thrown into the Captain Marvel movie. So it's not completely skipping over it. The only thing skipped over is uh, Carol Danvers ever having used the name Miss Marvel. Yeah. Carol has spent more years in the comics as Ms. Marvel with her, you know, her swimsuit, you know, outfit and long hair and domino mask and all that kind of stuff. But now with Kamala Khan in the comics taking over because her idol in the books is... Captain Marvel, she writes a lot of fan fiction, she's an online gamer, she loves the Avengers, and she inspires to be Captain Marvel, blah, 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 and now they've kind of set that up that now in a present day, you know, where Captain Marvel's a little more, even though we didn't see as much in Endgame, to see what her present, you know, world, what the world sees of her and knows of her, because, you know, her movie took place in the 90s, and then... We jumped, you know, 25 years in the future or whatever. Right, and um, and then when she is back, you, you don't know um, how much she's yeah. been, been... She's just referred to, you know, when asked, you know, where was she this whole time, she goes, there's many more planets out there that don't have you guys, you know. And, right. She's off defending the galaxy, you know. She's like a guardian of the galaxy or something. Right. Which she was. She was a guardian for a while. (laughs) True. True. For a brief moment. But the Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, now is pretty much setting up that she's probably going to be, you know, a superhero fan. The Avengers are popular, and she sees, you know, Captain Marvel being front and center, and she's probably going to inspire to be here. Now, the big question was Kamala... She's an inhuman in the comics. Now, legally, they can say mutants. So in the past, when they couldn't say mutants, they would turn them into inhumans or enhanced and anything but the M-word. But now they can say the M-word. But what's interesting is that the inhumans haven't been talked about beyond the the S.H.I.E.L.D. television realm and the inhumans spinoff show. Right, and that went over so well that it hasn't been mentioned since. Yeah, so... There is some speculation on whether or not people would assume that they would make Kamala a mutant, mutant, but is also also is that just where they're going to start their mutant race? You know, are they going to start it with her? Probably not, but maybe Miss Marvel, the first mutant, fifteen-year-old, <laughs> you know, Pakistani girl is the first mutant. And uh, I'm sure everybody would be welcoming to that. All the X-Men fans would be overjoyed to hear that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, ex- my hope is that, you know, it could just be a, like a Spider-Man thing where something happens to her. You know, she just gets bit by a radioactive Brie Larson. <laughs> <laughs> and 
turns into Ms. Marvel. Um, but, you know, they could go that route. But maybe this is a way for Kevin Feige, who once was going to do the Inhumans movie until it got pushed off their schedule and then turned into a TV show that didn't do too well for ABC and Marvel TV. Maybe this is his in to, rather than just saying, hey, all that stuff never happened, but almost just kind of like a Suicide Squad 2, a soft reboot of the mm-hmm. Inhumans within the MCU. Now, one in, now she's had big ties with the Inhumans of like talking with Medusa, finding out about her people and everything like that. But Lockjaw, the big giant teleporting dog of the Inhuman royal family, has been like a co-star in her book from time to time. And Lockjaw was there and they were just kind of sidekicks for, for a while. So my, and this is just a long time dream, but Lockjaw was one of the very cool things that happened in the human show. Now, of course, I like the show, but, you know, I understand that a lot of people didn't and didn't care for it. But I was so amazed by looking at Lockjaw just being like, we're living in a world where Lockjaw is a television character on ABC right now. Like, I I call that a win, even though the show was a loss. So he looked pretty awesome, and I just crossed the fingers that Lockjaw will, uh, they can just usher usher that in, since he has connections with uh, Kamala Khan in the comics. But... Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, oh yeah, I was trying to think, oh, Hi. hello. I was trying to think why I brought that up in the first place, but it was because post Spider-Man news, when I heard about the Ms. Marvel thing and She-Hulk and Moon Knight getting series, I was honestly like, you know, I don't care about Spider-Man. Not in the sense of I'm never seeing his movies or that hashtag boycott, boycott Sony. I'm definitely going to see it and I'm excited for it, but I'm less upset with the lack of inclusion for future mcu and spidey because i'm like hey we have miss marvel we got hawkeyes we got she hawks we've got wandavision there's eternals around the corner there's shang chi there's doctor strange sequels there's there's a lot going on to for me to worry about them mentioning hawkeye in a spider-man movie yeah, or something yeah. so there's x-men and fantastic four yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't right. even think about them. <laughs> so there's there's a lot going on, and while it is a bummer, with Far From Home, thankfully all of that stuff happened because you can see a third movie where they don't need to refer to it continuously, and once again without saying anything. But a lot of people are saying like. Man, can't he just get his own movie? Because, you know, it's just piggybacking off of, you know, these other characters and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, well, we're going to get that now, you know. His arc in that movie basically puts him in a spot to kind of like, okay, let's let's tell our Spider-Man. And I think Kevin Feige said this prior to the split, but he had said he's like, the third Spider-Man movie is going to be focused more on Peter but that was the Kevin Feige statement prior, so... Right. So, yeah. And with Sony, the third Spider-Man movie will likely be focused more on villains. <laughs> but, yeah, if... Out of the Sony stuff, if I end up seeing 
Jessica Judas Spider-Woman, which Kurt also said that she might fall under a Avengers branch of ownership. I'm not sure how true that is. Um, but also, let's say Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. We got Miles Morales, who has already made a mention of, you know, an Easter egg in Homecoming. Well, had uh, had it been decided that Tom Holland would not continue on for whatever reasons uh, as Spider-Man, the next logical step in, in my mind would actually be with the popular popularity of Into the Spider-Verse yeah. would have been to actually, for Sony to go, okay, you know what? We're not going to do yet another Peter Parker. Yeah. Let's let's go into Miles Morales. Yeah. Which would have been a good time to do it um, because of uh, how popular Into the Spider-Verse was. Oh, yeah. And introduced a lot of people to that character. And prior to the split, my original... Idea was thinking like, you know, they probably have Tom Holland locked in for, you know, to have some longevity like a Robert Downey and a Chris Evans and stuff like that, that I could see them doing, you know, three high school movies. But then in that third high school movie, introducing like Miles as like a visiting grade schooler that, you know, when you get shadowed by a high school student, like thinking like, oh, that'd be pretty cool if Miles got paired up with Peter on a a high school, uh, you know, school shadowing type of deal to bring him into the fold. That way, by the time you do a fourth Spider-Man, he can go off and do his, you know, grown up stuff and college stories while also the miles thing just happened. And now you can gain an extra, you know, six years of, uh, you know, timeline our time wise to have a, a teenage Spider-Man, you know? So, but yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's a long conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. If they were to film the next movie, they still would have a year until that even goes down. So who knows if some negotiations gonna Sony's stock dropped and you know there's a lot of fan backlash, but yeah. The boycott just destroyed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't know right now. Yeah. Can you help you find anything today? Um, I found what I was looking for, but I'm just browsing around now. Oh, okay. Thank you. No problem. Let me know if you have any questions. Okay, thank you. But yeah, the other, uh, keep on the Disney Plus, did you hear about the other uh, things that they added to uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier show? Um, Cast member-wise? No, I'm not I'll sure tell if you. I have. <laughs> Um, Emily Van Camp, who played uh, Agent 13, Sharon Carter, uh, is now ushered into that the show with Sam and Bucky. Uh, that's good, because I was kind of wondering what happened to her yeah, character. Yeah, she kind of disappeared. She didn't have too much to do in Civil War. She was there very briefly. She has that very brief, almost fling with Cap. Yeah, yeah. Before he goes back in time and, <laughs> you know, hooks back up with her aunt. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, that happened. Uh, oh, wait, Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the one thing. Um, yeah, sorry. We let, we let one slip. Yeah, it's been months. Uh, the uh, Oh, yeah. So Sharon Carter was added, which is cool, because they are also bringing back, um, I forget the actor's name, but who's playing uh, 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 Zemo, and the apparent Baron Zemo. And he's got what people saw at San Diego, a very Zemo-esque purple mask. That I had heard. 
I hadn't seen it myself, but the audience saw it at San Diego. So it's cool to see that a lot of stuff that started in like the Winter Soldier era of the Cap movies is continuing. And that's great to be able to use characters like Sharon and uh, Zemo there. So now the one thing that I was super excited is that for the WandaVision show, which with exception of Ms. Marvel, at that time, one, uh, WandaVision was my most anticipated out of any MCU, Disney, or movie-related thing. I love Scarlet Witch and Vision, and I like the idea of uh, they're setting it up. They're saying it's going to feel like a half of it's going to be like a Dick Van Dyke sitcom type of deal. And it's going to be like very weird and trippy. Now, there's some concept art out there, which has them sitting in a very family style like living room like looks like a 50s type of clothing blah 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 and it shows a tv that they're sitting in front of and the tv has a weird red glow to it which uh just means that a lot of crazy stuff is planning to go down for it i'm trying to find my image that all the listeners can lean into here Artist Andy Park came up with it, and uh, we do remember how many photos are on the camera roll here, so I'm just trying to... Okay, I found out about Ms. Marvel there. Where is the art? Oh, that was... I remember now. That was Sunday night when I saw that. Here it is. So, WandaVision. So, they have uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany playing their characters. All kind of very fancy, you know, period type dress and outfits and just it looks very homely and everything. There's a glowing red TV going on, which, uh, you know, uh, thinks that there might be some weird stuff going on, especially when they say that it may feel like half like a Dick Van Dyke uh, television show. What's really cool about Andy Park's art here is that when you look into the background off onto the wall, you see some shadows. And you see a shadow that looks very much like Scarlet Witch's tiara from her. You also see the gem yeah. in Vision's head there. And seeing that like little detail in that concept art just made me flip out, especially the tiara of just like being like, oh man, like I can see a version where they are back in time and they're envisioning this life that they never had with each other or something. And she's like, they do a an episode with the costumes or something like. I can see that. All set. Yep. Okay. Uh yeah. <clears throat> oh, oh hey, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you? Not bad. Glad to hear it. Eight forty three is a total. Like a bit? No, I'm okay. Did you need a receipt? No, thank you. Here you go. You're welcome. Have a good night. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, the other. Well, yes. As we were discussing, uh, the the artwork, that WandaVision thing, but or maybe it actually introduces. The X Men. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually uh, Marvel Girl in the background. <laughs> no. 
And that's not a gem, it's the beam from Cyclops. There you go. Yeah, you might be onto something there. But probably not. No. But a lot of what looks like and sounds like the show is going to lean into is the recent Vision series that Tom King did with Gabriel Walta and Jordi Belair, which is one of my favorite things. I bought it in the family album uh, hardcover collection, and it's 12 issues. You got plenty of time to, to read it for anyone that's interested into a story about how Vision creates a family for himself. And it seems like, you know, not going to be the direct adaptation, but it seems like they're going to lean into a lot of the very weird stuff that happened in that uh, in that book. So that got me extra excited for WandaVision. Cool. Okay. I'd like to buy that too. Please. Okay. Is that the cover you were eyeing? Yeah, this is from your... Oh, that's crazy. No, I meant this one. So oh. I might as well go grab the other one if you want. That was the cover you were looking for. No. Because I realized it's called Poe Dameron and Poe's not on there, but I just kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's cool. Fantastic. Yeah, this is what we get. Yeah, no, that looks good to me. Yay! Yes, please. Yeah. So, House of X 3. Um, am I still able to get House of X 2? Is that coming on reorder? Otherwise, that's you, okay. You had not gotten to... No, I don't I don't think so. End up Probably. It's all right. I, I put the order in, like, after one came out, so it would have been a reorder. Um, oh, yeah. NLP. Very good. Yep. Um, I'll double check. It might still be on reorder. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I imagine that one is backordered from here till eternity. Same thing with Powers of X. I don't have... Two or three of Powers of X, and three, I think, is coming out next week. So, excellent. Well, thank you. Yeah, double check. Yeah. And the kids love their comics, by the way. So, yeah, let's see Happy Jack Kirby birthday, by the way. Thank you. Happy birthday, Jack Kirby. <laughs> I recently uh, scored this shirt here. Yeah. Pretty slick, I like it. It's yeah, it took a while styling. to it took a while to find a Jack Kirby shirt where it was a yeah. picture of him rather than like the art of work, sure. artwork of him. And also one result that popped up if you're familiar with Kirby from the Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now there was a very weird picture that was apparently a shirt I could buy that was uh Kirby with like giant muscly legs. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it came under Jack oh. Kirby shirt. Uh, searches so. jacked up Kirby. That's, I guess that's awesome and terrifying. It was very. I'm, I'm sure I probably got the image here, but it was very terrifying <laughs> indeed. No. Let's see if I can find that while we wait here. Kirby's coming for you. Let's get an extra okay. reps in. Uh, email, please. Yeah, I'll let you type it in for recording right now. Uh, Don't want to accidentally. <laughs> Not edit out you telling me what Aww. your email address is. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. That's excellent diligence on your part. All of our listeners will be <laughs> emailing Katie at. <laughs> this will be one of the pictures you need to see. Uh, this is why you have to come into the store because uh, I don't even know how to describe this beyond what I already did. But and I tried finding a Jack Kirby shirt. That's upsetting. This is, this is a t-shirt what? that's out there. What? Uh, I think he needs some what pants. What is that? Yeah. He needs, he needs some pants. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. that's odd. Yes. Now, I don't know if Just I went settling. with the right choice, the better choice, maybe. Yes. I, I'm it's not a, sure if I could let you wear that shirt. Yeah, anymore. I was going to say, I don't think he's technically not wearing anything, but that's yeah. that's strange. It's, I don't know. <laughs> it's creative, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. I would so. imagine that. Hey. That, that shirt's upsetting. I'm glad you didn't buy it. I'm not sure why that exists. <laughs> no. <laughs> to hurt us. I need a bag. Oh, no, that's okay. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't unsee that. Yeah. Well, I'll send it to you later so you can see it again. (laughs) Just what I always wanted. I'm going to get it framed. (laughs) That would be a pretty good frame piece just for (laughs) reaction. That was so good. You know what I need? (laughs) A cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Just say no. Uh, Because look what I found. What? Where did you get those at? Yeah, we were just uh, discussing this recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out candy cigarettes are still available. Yeah. At Target? <laughs> uh, no, they just have the various <laughs> okay. names. See, they, they no longer say cigarettes on them anywhere. The candy sticks? That's They're good. Yeah, they are candy sticks or um, because these are, these are the classic candy ones. There are so also, uh, they also still make the bubblegum ones, which mm. are like gum sticks or however yeah. they, they sell them. Yeah. But they still put them in the boxes that are meant to look like yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. Now, the only thing is <laughs> they no longer have the little pink, like, I'm a lit sure. cigarette thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, I they used to always have the little uh, pink color okay. right on there. I remember. So, but they still come in the box, so you you know you can still. They gotta color them yourself, light them up. Yeah, yourselves. you can still yeah. stick it in your mouth, pretend well, buy, that you're smoking you a cigarette. Fun dip, and you, you can, can dip it in there. Here, here, you can walk around with your uh, your your <laughs> oh your goodness. smokes like in your. Uh, <laughs> you look like t- Kurt right T-shirt now. Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm going out. Uh, I'm gonna step out for Kurt a smoke. Cosplay? Oh, is that what this is? Sure, <laughs> sure. Should I go? Should I go to the designated smoking? <laughs> All right, I'm. That's so, a yeah, picture. this is a non-smoking building. Because uh, who was it? It was Tim. Tim, we were talking about uh, candy with him recently, because I think it's actually the episode that I'm posting today. It would have been 25, and this mm-hmm. would be 27. So, okay. uh, so we're almost caught up there. But uh, hey. yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> So, would he wear a Superman shirt though? Uh, yeah, yeah. He does. He have one. He has. Well, you know what I should do? I've got a Flash shirt in the back. There you go. I should throw that on because he's got, got the hat. same shirt, and that's why it's in the back. Because sometimes you just got to keep a spare shirt in case yeah, you your business partner walks in and he's wearing the same shirt that day, yeah. which is exactly what happened. So I took my Flash shirt off and I put a Superman <laughs> shirt on because. It just looks ridiculous when me and Kurt are both standing behind the counter it's and wearing the exact uniform. same. Yeah. yeah, that's the uniform. <laughs> uh, a cigarette, anyone? Sure. I'll take a cigarette. Yeah. Here, I, I think that's the last one there. I got, oh, a, I got a fresh Ooh. pack right oh, here. Thank you for letting me bum a smoke. There you go. Pack these. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's all bent. No. Uh, What's weird is it's that... It's like the Newport of candy cigarettes. <laughs> it's not even a full pack. Look at that. Round up. Yeah, oh man. Just say no, kids. So they, um, so I actually found these. We, uh, 
Uh, took Ethan and Katie. Yeah, Jack Kirby. <laughs> he's, yeah. Yeah, he's... Oh, I'm going to smoke for he's Kirby. He's smoking a pencil over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, he's got a cigar. He he's also has some sort of magic uh, pencil, which has, like, Kirby energy smoke stuff coming off of it. Kirby crackle? Yes, that's the that's the term. Um, that sounds like a cereal, but yeah, that's what they oh, actually I would refer eat to it Kirby as. Crackle yeah. every morning. Yeah. Uh, or, or something like now. some sort of dessert that you'd whip up. At, Ooh, like, that sounds good. Like you always have at your grandma's house at, on, on a holiday or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're passing the Kirby Crackle. <laughs> we should talk to Kirby, our Kirby, oh, and yeah. see if he can come up with the, <laughs> what he what's got. Is it a Rice Krispie base dish? You know, it, that's it interesting. <laughs> I was imagining it with like a crumble streusel top, actually, in a graham cracker crust, but now I'm intrigued. It's really what I was envisioning is just a version of pie. And I, I, I did teach my kids that they have to hold their candy cigarettes properly like that, too. Is that how you hold it? I don't know. I've never uh, smoked in so, my life. Okay, so Me what neither. we did is we went to, we took them to Sal's for lunch the other day. Oh, that was nice. And then, uh, and then we're like, okay, let's go over to, to Candy Man. Of course. The candy store in That's downtown West Bend. And... Oh, thank you. Yeah, I need I need a, like a candy ashtray or something. On <laughs> yeah, the, we do on the coffee table at our non-smoking establishment. <laughs> then we could eat the ashtray. So, so we went to Candy Man, and we're looking around, and they have so much candy, but they've got a lot of nostalgic like mm-hmm. stuff there. And so we we're looking around, and it wasn't until you know, somehow they were missed, and we were getting ready to. Uh, oh, we were paying. Is what mm. we were doing. Okay. And I'm waiting for them to ring up, and I turn around. And I see these candy cigarettes like yeah. sitting right there. And I'm like, how much are these? <laughs> so back in the day, I think they were like ten cents a pack. Yeah. But of course, you know the price of cigarettes has uh, gone yeah. up quite a bit. Yeah, so now they're fifty cents. It's like eighty dollars for a carton. So yeah, fifty oh. fifty cents. I thought comics were expensive. These are the cheapest cigarettes in town. Fifty cents at Candyman. And uh, yeah, I was I was surprised that they still have them. So then I did the research that I should have done when we were initially talking about them and we were trying to determine whether or not it was they still made these. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I found out they, they do. They just, most companies that make them, and I think this is like the common one, just call them candy sticks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Candy sticks, yeah. As opposed to cancer sticks. <laughs> yes. so, I like candy sticks quite... much better. So now my daughter says that Mm -hmm. she is going to smoke candy cigarettes and drink root beer. (laughs) That reminded me of the root beer because I was about to say that earlier. So when I went to school, Mm -hmm. right down the road, we had a a video post and and, uh, a liquor store that shared the same building. Mm -hmm. But in order to get into the video store, you had to walk through the liquor store, which if it was current times, it would seem very odd, but... It wasn't odd back, you know, in the 90s that a bunch of kids would come home after school or, or leave school, go to the video store to buy candy, mm-hmm. get video games and movies and stuff. But you would have, there was no other way around it. You had to walk through the liquor store, the only liquor store in town. And they used to have the uh, Dads and Suds root beer for a dollar mm-hmm. in the awesome bottles. And we would purposely get them in brown paper bags. <laughs> And we're t- I'm talking like fifth graders were doing this, and we're walking home from school drinking dads and suds root beer out of you know, the paper bags and smoking candy sticks. <laughs> 
So, okay, for a second there, based on where you had the cigarette, it lined up perfectly with that light, the like the, hey. the light that you have there, that Christmas light, whatever oh, okay. you want to call that. So, and it looked like it was lit. So hold on here. <laughs> you stay there, and I'm gonna position it. Not sure how much it's gonna come in here, but uh, now if I could just line it up like this, <laughs> <laughs> I can try that one too. Got it. So when you started talking, I I just caught my eye with That's that. Perfect. Like I just saw the glowing. You know, it's not as bright as in the photo as just looking at it in person. Mm. But I turned and suddenly I saw a lit candy stick. So, anyways, you were saying uh, Katie was. Oh, you said that part about what she was gonna eat candy, smoke cigarettes, and yep, drink yep. root beer or something. So, uh, incidentally. Following our trip to Sal's and Candyman, <laughs> we then were taking Katie over to school mm-hmm. to uh, go see where to find her locker and throw her stuff in her locker and stuff like that. So we bought a bunch of candy cigarettes and then went to a school. Yeah, <laughs> started handing them out, right? <laughs> the, the well, there wasn't zone. really anybody there. <laughs> we were going to stand outside the school and and eat our candy cigarettes. But it was raining, so we didn't. But it almost happened, and then I'm sure we would have had pictures of uh, <laughs> of my kids sitting around outside the school, you know, just <laughs> little cigarettes, puffing on their uh, little little candy cigarettes. That at this size and the way that it's rolled, it probably looks a little bit more like a candy joint. Yeah, <laughs> it's candy doobie. <laughs> You know, as I've got it eaten about halfway down. Now, wouldn't it be interesting that if the candy store was just called Candy Joint? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go down to the candy joint. Oh, uh, my goodness. Got some glaucoma. I could use uh, a candy stick. You want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> you, you don't, don't want to sell, sell me death sticks. sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Oh, boy. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I had to uh, bring these in. I'm glad you did because uh, it's been at least 20 years since I've had mm-hmm. one, probably. <laughs> and now I I'm... I, have, I haven't smoked... <laughs> I haven't smoked candy cigarettes in 20 years. <laughs> And now I'm back at it. I just jumped right back on the wagon. Oh, yeah. See if I can get some at the gas station on the way home. <laughs> it's going to make a comeback pretty soon. You'll see the gas stations. Lowest candy cigarettes prices in town. <laughs> Penny a piece. Lowest huh? legal limit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I see some ID? Oh, never mind. Those are the candy ones. Uh, the other casting for the Wanda and Vision. Um, uh, Randall Park, who played Agent Jimmy Woo in Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah. is going to be showing up in WandaVision. And then we we already have the adult Monica Rambeau from the Captain Marvel movie mm-hmm. is going to make her debut in there. What? Then they added... Uh, Hilarious comedian uh, Catherine Hahn, mm-hmm. which once you see her, she's in the Bad Moms, Moms movie. She was in <laughs> Step Brothers. Movie. She was in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. 
But you look at her and then you realize her list. You're like, okay, yeah, I've seen her in like 15 movies. Mm -hmm. So she's going to be playing the nosy neighbor to Wanda and Vision. (laughs) But then I saved the best for last. Uh, Kat Dennings is returning as Darcy from the Thor movies. And she's going to be in uh, WandaVision as well. So the, uh, the show is really, based off of that casting alone, is really setting itself up to be a... A very different kind of Marvel show in the best way. I feel like Luis from Ant-Man, he needs his own show. Oh, yeah. I love that. He's awesome. Yeah, him and the other, uh, what's their... The X-Cons? X-Cons, yeah. They they could use a sitcom. That's how we'll bring in the X-Men. The (laughs) X-Cons. The X-Cons, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. It turns out they were mutants the whole time. That, that thing when he's on the truth serum, the, the truth serum, and he talks yeah. about loading the dishwasher incorrectly. I cracked up in the theaters. <laughs> my mom and I saw that together, and, like, I can never load the dishwasher, like, the way she thinks it should be done, so she always <laughs> is redoing it, even if I do it, like, the way she shows me, so we're just laughing so hard. I forget what he says something about, like, who puts a dish, like, on the bottom rack or something like that. I'm like, number one, me. Number two, <laughs> that is spot on. Anyway, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Fun movie. Underrated. Go see it. Available now. Soon to be on Disney+. Plus. Not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. <laughs> we are not sponsored by Disney, Disney+, Plus, or any of its affiliates. Up to and including Marvel, Star Wars, Disney Junior, Disney+, Plus, Disney XD, and Disney Toon Network. Or Target Candy Cigarettes. <laughs> we are sponsored by Sony. <laughs> For now. For now. So they break the deal off with us. Uh, well, the Mary Jane variants continue in November because there's a, a Deadpool one with okay. uh, Deadpool and Mary Jane. Uh, oh, is, it just, is it just bleeding over like it was delayed or is it... Uh, <laughs> well... Or you just didn't get enough Mary Jane in October. Mary See, I don't... Jane, I don't talking about candy sticks. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Deadpool had... Because uh, it's in between a new arc of a new creative team. So I don't think he had a book last month. It would have been a rare month in a long time because he had an annual that was like kind of bridging the gap here. But uh, dang it, that's good. I'm gonna have to get that one. Uh, you know, if you could buy, uh, um, if you could buy comics at candy stores, then uh, then you could buy Mary Jane at the candy joint. <laughs> Hey, look at this. Morbius number one. Yeah. We were just talking about uh, Jared Leto playing the live action version of a Morbius solo movie. So They are reprinting the Green Lantern 85. Shocking truth about drugs. DC attacks use. Greatest problem, drugs. Just say no. But it's candy. That's what they want you to think. Candy drugs. Coming soon from old Ben. (laughs) Um, one would think I had too many candy drugs, uh, <laughs> earlier today I had to text someone about it cause as I was, uh, changing on a work clothes, coming here uh, mm-hmm. to celebrate Jack Kirby's 102nd birthday, I, uh, went to go loop my, uh, how should I word it? Begin threading my belt loop. Uh-huh. 
except not with my belt, but instead with my phone charger, mm-hmm. until I realized I picked up my phone charger <laughs> instead of my belt, and I was about to basically, yeah, You're wrap a phone. You're everywhere you need to go. Yeah. Holding up your pants with the... Uh, <laughs> With your phone charger. Yeah, and then you have the power brick in like your bag and you're set. Just plug in. It's a nice belt buckle. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's actually not a bad idea. I support that. Why does the Batman who laughs have a hair metal wig? Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. There's got to be a reason for Oh, it's a Supergirl. Okay, so it's. It's the Supergirl who laughs, and that's just her regular hair. Supergirl annual. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm buying it because I'm buying Supergirl stuff. Nice. So I guess uh, I guess I'll have an answer in two months. Uh, here's Yondu's uh, miniseries. Yeah. Here. Although you have the Michael Rooker Yondu as the main cover, okay. and then they got a bunch of variants that will probably mislead people and thinking that it's the classic Yondu. Classic mm-hmm. Unless unless he's part of the story, I didn't read the synopsis, but. Cope. Variants are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! As we're, as we're suddenly all flipping through previous catalogs, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it's turned into the other podcast. <laughs> Normally, we go the other way, where it's like we're warning, "Hey, this isn't that other podcast." Uh, Eric's, um, Eric's got a couple new Punisher series coming out in yeah, November, so he should be set. Punisher Soviet. Mm. Oh, Garth Ennis. Hey. He, uh, he talks a lot about Garth Ennis' work on Punisher, and uh, yeah. Actually, that's a good segue going back to the Comic-Con. And uh, so a couple weeks back, I noticed that one Jerry Conway, a mm-hmm. legendary comics writer, had a lot of hits in the 70s and 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, he's the co-creator of Punisher, Ooh, cool. So I told Eric about it. I'm like, hey, heads up in case he wanted to meet the co-creator of Punisher. Now it coincided with the potential due date for his upcoming child, which uh, I'm assuming... Oh, he wasn't here today. Was there any news about that, Dina? I didn't see it. Uh, I, I hadn't seen anything. Um, so yeah, it just hit me that you know he wasn't here yeah. today. Normally he responds to the new comic book day post. So uh, yeah, maybe... Maybe it happened today or something. Maybe, maybe. That's, yeah, it's that's possible. I'm sure uh, um, he might not necessarily be the kind of person who would yeah. post instantly, like <laughs> selfie from the yeah, river. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, so uh, updates on his Twitter feed, yeah. you know, as as it's happening. Yeah, she's uh, dying. The crone is peaking, <laughs> and it, like no. <laughs> um. So I said, like, hey, if you want to, you know, send some Punisher books along with me, I can get them signed for you. Oh, so nice. I took along the Punisher annual and uh, got in line for Jerry Conway. Now, he is also credited as the man who killed Gwen Stacy. Oh, yep. And uh, he has that written on his banner. He's the guy that wrote the classic <laughs> storyline. He's been, you know, accused of murder for... Uh, well, like three decades now, if not more. And uh, so I was talking to him, had him sign some books. And then I told him about Eric because I had uh, had him sign the Punisher book. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he got all excited once we found out you were here. But then it ended up being the same weekend that his uh, uh, his child was due. And uh, and he's like, well, it sounds like he had uh, you know other priorities or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. It was pretty up in the air, you know, which one's more important, meeting the creator of the 
Punisher or your firstborn? Yeah. yeah, for Eric, that probably was a hard <laughs> it's a toss decision. That's like, it's a toss-up. Um, yeah. But I but do... As, as big of a fan as he is of the Punisher, I'm just amazed that he decided to name his kid after me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you predicting? Okay. No, he... He's he, naming he his actually, kid after I, me, naturally. I, I'm kidding. He'd actually... Mentioned specifically that he would not name a kid David. Oh, he would not. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a something. bold statement to because it's a very <laughs> common kind of, name. Yeah, not, not it's not common. It's popular. Yeah, that's what it is. It's popular. It's classic. Um, you know, back in uh, back in 1975, there was a David born who just inspired many many <laughs> other uh, Davids. Uh, to be, uh, you know, well, Hasselhoff born was born before that. I don't know who you're talking about, right? Time travel. Oh, okay. time travel. That makes sense. That makes yes. sense. Yes, uh, I was born in '75, which inspired. Oh, you were talking the, about uh, the naming of David Hasselhoff, uh, <laughs> because you know Hasselhoff is German, and time works differently over there. So uh-huh. uh, I was first. Fair enough. I believe you. Uh, yeah. Um, so then, yeah, also at the Comic-Con, uh, I forgot to tell this part of the Christopher Priest story that spun off into other things. Mm -hmm. So, basically the co-creator of the modern day, uh, Black Panther, pretty much everything that you've seen in the movie, he created a lot of those characters, Mm -hmm. and, uh, after I was talking to him for a good, like, 15 minutes or so, um, he then asked if I, speaking of candy, he's like, hey, do you want some candy? Hey! That's really nice. And while I almost said no because I had a backpack full of uh, granola bars and snacks and stuff that Mm -hmm. could feed Angelina Jolie's kids for a week (laughs) because, like, I always come prepared for a Comic-Con and line waiting and stuff like that. But I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not going to turn down the idea of getting a granola bar. There's either a Twizzlers fun size or a granola bar Mm -hmm. uh, from writer Christopher Priest. So when I – I've got to set it up yet, but I was going to have – He was already out of – candy cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so then I was going to, uh, now I just remembered uh, how the, the like the beef jerky that used to come like the chew, I just remembered that. <laughs> I don't see that anymore, you no. know, in those cylinders. I don't know what the official, it was be- like shredded beef jerky. Yeah. And it was like, like, like picking up like fish food or something, you know, like, <laughs> But, like, that just hit me that that was another thing that was, like, you know, you'd see, like, that outline in your pants pocket or something, you know, you kind of like the cigarette in the sleeve, right. you know. Yeah. You have your back pocket, the big yeah, the back, thing in yeah. there. And, uh, well, because they did the same thing with the the, the gum. Big Lig Chew. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, whereas the shredded gum, you know, and you'd pull it out of your little yeah. snuff bag. Grape is the best. Yeah, and that's exactly what that was meant for. But but they didn't call it, you know, candy Fake. chewing tobacco. Yeah. So they didn't have Just, to change it. You're in the big league. Big league mm-hmm. chew. <clears throat> uh, so I want to uh, prop up my Black Panther figure to hold. Yeah. Hold the giant uh, granola bar that was gifted from 
one of his quote-unquote co-creators in a sense. That's awesome. I love that idea. So he did kind of make a mention saying he was like, well, even though Stan Lee co-created, you know, Black Panther, but, uh, you know, Christopher Priest's reimagining, darker yeah. version of him really kind of changed him up. So he just says, he's like, yeah, I created Black Panther. So. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, and, uh... So here's a trivia not, question for you. Yeah. What was Christopher Priest's yeah, name before he changed his last name to Priest? What? Is, is this a trivia question that you have an answer you to or you're asking name? me? No, I, I don't because well, I don't remember. But but I do recall, he's, um, I do remember way back, um, it must have been 90s, early 90s, I'm guessing. Um, I remember when that name changed. Because he legally changed it to Priest, and I don't know if that's current. So I think he just like he's prince. It's priest. No, uh, well, but I, I. But yeah, I if, if I'm remembering correctly, he did start writing under a different name, and shortly thereafter changed his name to Christopher Priest. Well, I'm sure I can probably get a, and uh, the Google search, uh, either Christopher, Christopher Columbus, Christopher Walken, Christopher Knight. Ah, Christopher Walken. That's who he used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Created Black Panther. Wow. Wakanda forever. <laughs> um, Christopher. Okay, this is uh, a white guy, Christopher Priest, and that is not the guy I met. So why has Christopher Walken not made his way into the MCU yet? I don't know, but he should. That's I, a good question. I agree. You are asking asking the right things. I'm gonna put Christopher Priest comics. Christopher yeah, that's a common name. Christopher J. Priest. Okay. Here he is. <clears throat> American writer of comic books who at, at times credited simply as Priest. He changed <laughs> his name legally circa nineteen ninety-three. Uh he was the first black writer editor in mainstream comics. Taking on double duty there. James Christopher Owsley. Owsley, yeah. Owsley is his real name. And it says uh, Priest is what he's credited as. So eventually he ended up going as Christopher Priest. Even though that's not even, yeah, that's not in any of his original names there. But uh, Because, yeah, I, I knew that that wasn't an original name. I could... I couldn't remember what the original name was, but I did recall uh, reading. I, I think there was actually James Owsley. Yeah, in uh, that's a pretty cool writer name as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd go in, for that. in some uh, some page, you know, in the, in the comics, they'd have the various things in there, like Stan Soapbox and mm-hmm. you know all that other stuff in there. And I just recalled there being something written in there about the name change. Oh, he was changing his name to Christopher Priest, but okay. it's been so long I couldn't remember what his name had yeah, been see. prior to that. I learned something. I didn't know that he uh, that that wasn't his birth name. Yeah. See, you guys are always educating me when I come to the store. See, comic books—they're yeah. educational. They are actually educational. Uh, the other outside of comics, I met uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, cool! And. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, like, I like to do some different kind of photo ops and try to find some different poses and references. 
And I try to go outside of the box mm-hmm. of like Jurassic Park and and Thor Ragnarok and tried to find something that is more specific, more more deeper research um, for a photo op. And I'm just looking for my photo here. Here it is. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought of this. Okay, Chris mm-hmm. Evans, Chris, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Walken. Yeah. Why is he not in that group? Why he's is the last do it. Chris that we need in there? <laughs> yeah, we need him in there very badly. <laughs> okay. So, so you were you were saying you're, you're showing you're showing the audience yes. another picture. Yep, showing the listening audience a picture here. This is the show and tell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened quite a bit. So I went up to him and not thinking that he's automatically going to remember every little role he's ever done. Mm-hmm. So I do this with every actor just to make sure they know what they're on board for. And I said, hey, since you played uh, one of her dads on Glee, would you want to hold up this photo with me? And he played uh, one of the dads of Leah Michelle's character, oh. uh, Rachel Berry. Aww. So we posed and, uh, awesome. held and uh, I just love his... Tilt of the head and his <laughs> smile. He looks so cute. I love that picture. Yeah, and uh, so that's our photo we got together, Aww. which I'm sure everybody else was just like, what is, like, why is, who's that girl? Like, what is going he on here? Happy. And when I handed him the photo, or when I showed him the photo asking if he would mind to hold it up with me, he grabbed it and he examined it, examined it in perfect Jeff Goldblum fashion and just goes, Mmm, ah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, like, you could just see it was starting to, like, wheels were turning, okay. just being like, yes, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, okay, yes, yes. And, you know, he was just remembering that. Trying to remember had he actually done that yeah, yeah. role. But, because at first, you know, I could see him, like, oh, because, you know, you were on Glee and blah, yeah. blah, blah. <laughs> but it, uh, it gave me a very good Jeff Goldblum uh, reaction of him awesome. doing his yes 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 um and then the other one That's i didn't satisfying. do a fun photo op other than wearing a tie-in t-shirt okay. but i met melissa joan hart uh, i loved her back from uh, clarissa nice. explains it all and early nickelodeon days back in 91 but she is you know probably widely mostly known for being sabrina the teenage yep. witch so, and she did comment on my Archie shirt, Aww. and I figured Archie and Sabrina, I was at least going to do that like that. that connection, but yeah, she was uh, pretty nice there. Yeah, so. Archie awesome. and Sabrina, isn't the, there a comic, uh, Archie and Sabrina? There that's is right she now in Archie Comics. Yeah. There's a five-issue arc of where they are currently dating, um, so you can check that out now. It's like issues like 70-something, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 or something. Maybe it's collected or something. I, I swear I just, uh, looking at the previews this last time around, I thought I saw something that was like Archie and Sabrina like on the cover. Mm. I don't know if they collected the storyline or so is there some other... It's under the Archie Comics label, but the arc is called Archie and Sabrina, so it is misleading. It looks like it could be a separate miniseries. Okay. But the actual arc storyline is Archie and Sabrina under the envelope of Archie 701, 2, 3, mm-hmm. 4, blah, blah, blah. So if they have it collected coming up, I think that's what... Because you did the recent Archie homework because I wasn't there to say it, so that's probably what... Right, and I remembered seeing it in there. So, um, And yeah, what I, what I recalled seeing looked like it was, in fact, an... Archie and Sabrina comic, but, uh, but yeah, it just might have been 
uh, kind of portrayed in a misleading way. And and I think like because it could have very easily been its own mini thing under that label. So I think it's like how you call the uh, Days of Future Past mm-hmm. is what Uncanny X Men number like one thirty whatever yeah. forty whatever it is. Rather, even though it's known as Days of Future Past, because mm-hmm. it's the storyline and it's been collected in yeah. like trade. And so that's basically like that. what this one is. Yeah. Alright, just got a live text that one of the milks okay. in the cooler is not uh, ringing up because Uh-oh. there's a different UPC that they sent me, so I'm not leaving. I'm yeah. going to do it in the morning. <laughs> but this is some live Milk breaking news. Breaking right. news. This Justin! <laughs> Don't buy Kent's chocolate milk uh, without knowing what the price is so they can ring it up manually until tomorrow, and then I can... Uh, although by the time they hear this, it'll be solved, so... I'm just telling you too. So, so, oh, so this is the time when people get to get away with uh, it's not ringing up. Ooh. Oh, the cooler said it was a dollar fifty. Be like, no, it's four fifty nine. It said back there was a dollar fifty. I guarantee you, it's not. <laughs> That's usually how I respond to them, and then I don't sell them candy cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> And then you ring it up at the price and add on a dollar fifty. Is that? Yep. <laughs> You're too old to be buying these candy cigarettes. <laughs> Let me see your ID. It's oh, seventeen and under only. Oh, okay. Uh, oh boy. Do you think these pictures are pixelated on purpose, or? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, if it's like art's not final, so we're blurring it, or if it's just an accident. Yeah, because nothing else on the pages. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's. I, I could see that. It'd be as a shame a, if you knew what these actually looked like before you purchased them. I mean, so. you can generally. But they're tell. all clothed, so yeah. I mean, they're. Selling. It's not dirty. There's. <laughs> looks like Supergirl and Batgirl, and then one of the Dark Knight's metal Batman. Like things. I could see them doing a line where it is an interesting like art design, yeah. pixelated, blah blah blah. Right, because they have appear. these black and white things. Yeah, but yeah. that appears to be some weird. So somebody didn't have Ma- their images set well, right. I sympathize with that. I'm doing maintenance on one of our legacy manuals, and I'm to the point of just being like, all right, if the image doesn't look good, I'm just taking it out of there. The PDF is huge anyway. So. And that, that's an interesting thing that yeah. I actually wouldn't mind if they did that, because you'll see that a lot, like art not final type yeah. of thing on like book covers and things like that, that maybe if that catches someone's eye being like, oh, mm-hmm. that looks cool, and then they realize, and that leads to them to see that, yeah. okay, this isn't the final design. Rather than them seeing a perfect image like the one on the left and then having it show up differently, maybe that's a new technique to really show that. Yeah. Even though they could probably easily just put like, you know, a circle right in the corner of the image that says not final design. Make it a little bigger maybe. Yeah, but but basically what it was is they had a really tiny picture. Yes. Yeah. Well, because this one too. Yep. No, I can see that little other one looks really little. Is uh, I'm gonna have to make a purchase before you close up here. So, yeah, have you ever read anything by Philip Kennedy Johnson? He's writing that Lost Lost God or Last God series. Um, 
like, the book sounds amazing. I just, I have to, like, push myself to buy it. I don't know, because I pay so little attention to the writer's names. Mm. Fair I've always, enough. I've always been like that. I just, like, if somebody's on a book for a long time, or mm -hmm. if there's no one and it's publicized that somebody's on a book, then I know who wrote it. Yeah. If not, I'm like, but I know I'm getting that comic, and yeah. I know I like it, but, yeah, I don't know who the writer is. Yeah, I, I kind of really like the idea of DC doing a high fantasy book. And, like, I was so close to putting the number one on my list. <laughs> so I'm like, I need it, I need it, but I don't need it, but I need it. Anyway, The Last God, number two from DC Comics, part of their black label, $4.99. Coming 11 19 That's the week of Thanksgiving, I think. What the heck are we doing ordering for October and November? That's just not right. Do you know who Philip Kennedy Johnson is as a comic book writer? That name is not familiar. Okay, yeah, same. And David didn't know either. Well, I guess I could buy the book and find out. That would be a good thing to do. Certainly, well, the DC catalog for something. Uh-huh. Um, he's writing that Last God book. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, that's from yes, the Black yes, Label. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Jeff <laughs> That's just so satisfying that you say it like that. It's perfect. Here, excuse me. I'll give you some space. I love this cover. Thank you for getting me this one. That's a good one. Yeah, I didn't even ask for it, and I'm happy. We got this and the soda. Cool. $4.99. Same price as the chocolate one. Hmm. I thought you said it was four fifty nine. Yeah. Sure, keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Inflation. Yeah, that's fair, actually. Oh, that's actually the standard. Oh, it's four. Oh, that was four ninety nine. Did you get this? Yeah. Oh, because of the disc. For a second there, I was thinking, like, wait, how much was that? Hmm. Soda? Four ninety nine. I'll go grab the rest of them. Then. Yeah, I was gonna say, buy <laughs> a soda, oh, get a comic for free. This sounds great. <laughs> what was the total? So you said the four ninety nine, but I wasn't sure what. Oh, that I was, was looking at the you price were just on talking to yourself. Six seventeen. I was just reading the uh, price on it. Yeah, six seventeen. I've got seven. Oh, that was the confusion. Was you, you mm. thought the total was four ninety nine? Yeah, you said four ninety nine, and then there was a long pause. Yes. Reading reading out loud the price on the back of the book. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. You can join us live each week or listen on Automatic 
and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl. Candy sticks. <laughs>